0: This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports At Night. Welcome back. Curtis Rogers and Stacy Rost here with you. Make sure you're downloading the Seattle Sports at Night podcast.
1: Give us five stars.
0: And a great rating. Please. As well.
1: I'm trying uh, to be better about being polite.
0: Just in and general, not Im- yeah. or like in on the radio. I was going to jump
1: in and say and not interrupting.
0: Oh, <laughs> that would have been perfect. Time to Dang
1: do that. it!
0: Oh, uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, make sure you're downloading the podcast. 710sports.com. Click on the podcast page. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google we Play. We're all there. Uh, by the way, we're streaming Seven Ten now on Twitter and also on YouTube. You don't like- have to
1: tell people that.
0: You this do. is really
1: not my best hair day.
0: Well, I mean, we're streaming it. Whether you, you have a good me hair or in not. In front of the front. yeah, that's exactly. Uh, but yeah, say hi to Stacy when when you see her. on I'm going to
1: put my back to the screen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you this go. is how I'm
1: going to do the rest yeah, of the show, so, you know, which it's... isn't funny if you aren't watching no. the stream. So I'll turn back around. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's good to see Stacy's face now that she's turned back around. Uh, but Mariners, they are still in this slump that it's now extending beyond just a couple of games. They're what seven and eighteen in their last twenty five games, and then tonight, uh, getting the injury bug hit it hit them in a hard way. You had D Gordon going down in the third inning, taking a fastball from J Happ off of his right wrist. We still don't know his status for tomorrow, but by the sound of him in the postgame show today and then uh, just kind of the roster moves that have been made in triple-a tonight doesn't look like D Gordon's going to be playing this weekend
1: he sounded pretty
0: pretty perturbed it,
1: that's a great word Curtis. thank you he did Stacey. sound perturbed and I was gonna say a bit downtrodden yeah that the beleaguered the, well no I just took it as the I think you always go by like the somberness of a press conference yeah if if it's a season ending thing they mention it right away. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's nothing they like might not even talk about it. If it's if it's an injury that keeps them out they'll be like, "Well, I'm going by Carol speaks." So we be like, "He would say D has a wrist."
0: He does. <laughs> he we're going to see how it goes describe this his injury. week. Yeah. He's got a
1: wrist. We're going to see how it goes. We'll try him out. He's a great kid. That's exactly how it would be described.
0: We, we love his, his his competitive spirit and, yep. uh, but, Yeah.
1: But but I I also got the impression that that you could be seeing some moves here.
0: Well, it certainly appears to be the case as J.P. Crawford, uh, former top prospect in baseball, uh, who the Mariners acquired from the Philadelphia Phillies organization this offseason in trade for Gene Segura, he has been removed from the Rainiers lineup tonight sort of as a precaution because if D. Gordon can't go tomorrow, and also, by the way, Dylan Moore, who is D. Gordon's normal backup and would likely get the start in place of D. Gordon – He's dealing with a wrist injury of his own tonight, and he wasn't expected to play. But with Gordon going down, they kind of had to put more in, and then Moore at the end of the game tweaked his wrist injury again. So, so who
1: plays second base?
0: Well, tonight it was Edwin Encarnacion of all people, <laughs> which he looked way out of place. Uh, and then he ended up It's like someone his asking
1: me to be a bodyguard for a minute. Like, could you stand here by the door and just kind of make sure no one... <laughs> No one tries to rough anyone up.
0: Yeah, like, just wear this. I just look
1: a little out of place.
0: Yeah, just wear this earpiece. Yeah, we will be good to go. All right, got it. Uh, but yeah, Edwin Encarnacion, who had never played second base his entire career. He's mainly been a career DH up until about this season because the Mariners have needed him at first base so often. Uh, I mean, that looked completely out of place. And then... And
1: injured himself. Yeah. Not like it, I mean... He tweaked his wrist. He just yeah. tweaked his wrist.
0: And it was the very first batter that he faced while he was out at second base. Um, So just an awful, awful situation for the Mariners to be in right now in terms of organizational depth. But with Crawford being removed from the Rainiers lineup tonight, that kind of signals that he would be next in line if D. Gordon does hit the injured list tomorrow, which based off of what Crawford has done at the AAA level, I'm more than all right
1: with it. So here's what I was going to say. If I'm a Mariners fan... Um, and you don't want me to be bummed about Gordon being out, what do you tell me about J.P. Crawford, or what do you tell me about this move?
0: I tell you that J.P. Crawford has gotten on base in every game that he's played in this season at the AAA level. And yeah, it, those stats can get kind of inflated because it's not the best pitching you're facing, and the Pacific Coast League has a tendency to inflate offensive numbers because of the altitudes that stadiums are played at, and then also uh, the ball this year... There's a question of whether or not it's juiced, but you look at what Crawford has done this season. He's reached base in all 30 games he's played in, and he's tearing the cover off the ball in those games. He's hitting 319 with a 420 on-base percentage, 457 slugging percentage, and when he comes in, he's going to be a much better fielder than Tim Beckham has ever been, which, I mean, you put Tim Beckham right now, it looks like it'll be Crawford at shortstop. You move Tim Beckham to second base. I was going to say,
1: I I assume Crawford was a shortstop because I thought that's what I heard during the media meeting mm-hmm. we had with him. Um, but I haven't I haven't watched him a lot in the minors.
0: Yeah, I think Crawford is best defensively at shortstop mm-hmm. for the Mariners. and I, I think Tim Beckham, yeah, he's got some defensive like shortcomings to put it nicely. Those shortcomings are better masked at second base because you're not getting hit as many balls there as you would be at shortstop. And J.P. Crawford has the glove. He's got a major league glove. Like, he's a guy that can hang defensively at the major league level. The big thing about him, though, is his bat, which hasn't shown in the couple of trips that he's had to the big league level so far. But
1: how long ago were those trips?
0: He played last year sparingly with the Phillies, uh, didn't really do a whole lot with them, and then in 2018, or in 2017, made a a couple of trips up too. Uh, Yeah, Last year with the Phillies, in 138 plate appearances, hit 214 with a 319 on base percentage, three home runs, 13 walks, had a 712 OPS, uh, had 25 hits, hit three triples in that short amount of time. So in 72 games in his career, he's hit 214. Um, So it's a short sample size, but he also could have been placed into a situation where he didn't have a whole lot of help there because Philadelphia, their teams outside of 2018 and this year, their teams were garbage. And, I mean, they may have put Crawford in a position where they they could have rushed him to the big leagues where now, here in Seattle, there isn't until well, until today, there wasn't necessarily an urgent need for him at the major league level, allowed him some time to get his weight underneath him and, and really get comfortable with the bat in his hand. And 30 straight games, mm-hmm. he's reached a base. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive start to your season, regardless of the level that you're playing at.
1: Well, and one of the players that Seattle... Very deliberately highlighted at the beginning of the yes. season when they talked about their reimagining of the roster and their step back. He was one of the three players they had there where they said these are the players that we're bringing in now. These and, players, and, three, yeah, and and yes, these were players that they acquired in trades that they saw a lot of talent in. So maybe they aren't players that they're putting, uh, you know, ahead of the franchise and saying these are the stars of our future. But they're guys that they said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna roll with these guys. We're gonna see where this takes us. So. It'll be interesting for Mariners fans to see um, kind of the direction the league could be going in and and some of the – or the league. The Mariners could be going in and some of the talent that they've thought this might be who we want in this clubhouse. This is someone that that we want to see if this pans out because when we try to compete in 2020 and 2021, this is someone we might want there on that roster.
0: And I look at it right now and the Mariners are – Playing for those seasons, I, I don't think this is. I don't think 2019 is what we're playing for anymore. Here, no, so. I
1: think people started out getting really excited, and then they, they kind of fell back to earth. And again, it's it's like that quote that I read from the ESPN article like a couple days ago, where he said, "No one had the expectations. Everyone thought they would be losing, and then all of a sudden, Scott Service is answering questions about why a team that no one thought would win is suddenly losing." Um, so I think, I think now. If there's a positive to it, you don't risk um, hesitating, right? No. If you're Jerry Depoto, there's no hesitation anymore. You know now that, like, all right, it was a great start to the season. It let me see what we have, um, but I'm no longer going to risk uh, kind of stepping away from from that focus on 2020, or we're speeding up the prospects you have.
0: In Depoto, a couple of weeks ago, on with Danny David Moore during the Jerry Depoto show talked about when is the right time to promote a young player, and he said it's never due to a major leaguer's poor performance. No, you never want to go to a young player because you are frustrated with the recent performance of a veteran player. That's the wrong reason to perform or to promote. You want to promote the young player because he's achieved what what you laid out for him and you know our our primary goal in this season is to develop the foundation for a team that has a chance to come together and win a championship and if that happens in 2019 or sometime hereafter it, it's not as important as developing that that player and i don't think this is a situation in which you're promoting jp J. crawford because some guy isn't carrying his weight this is
1: You know you're a, dipping into your talent pool because you need to.
0: Yeah, this is out of necessity rather than punishing a veteran player and mm-hmm. bringing up a guy who may or may not be ready. I think there's very little that J.P. Crawford at the AAA level can prove to the Mariners' front office more than what he's done right now. Coming up next on Seattle Sports at Night, uh, let's get into some of the Seahawks' free agency moves that they made today. Ziggy Ansa, he's going to be a Seahawk. I believe tomorrow is when they sign him officially. Uh, they bring in some cornerback depth, offensive line depth, even a fullback. What do these moves say about the direction of the team? Curtis Rogers, Seahawks insider Stacey Ross right here. Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Night. Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Make sure you're getting those questions in for us here on Seattle Sports Tonight. Ask us anything. Coming up in the very next segment. That's right. We're getting out of here around nine thirty ish. So uh, make sure you get those questions in. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Rust on Seattle Sports Tonight. You can listen to the show anywhere on the world, anywhere in the world via the Seven Ten Sports app. It's driven by your Puget Sound Acura dealers. Maybe you're on the world. Maybe you're out in outer space. That'd be cool. We got Gary from the International Space Station checking in. That'd be a fun shout-out. I mean, it
1: would be pretty neat.
0: Yeah. If you're out there from the International Space Station, make sure you're checking in. Make sure you're checking in on the Coors Light text line as well. We'll get some shout-outs your way. But uh, Seahawks making some more roster moves today, bringing in more guys in this second wave of free agency. They held off because they didn't want to give up compensatory round picks. Right. Uh Stacey, last night you weren't with us when the Ziggy Onsen news broke. You still bitter about that?
1: I am. I texted it into the show. Do you guys miss Stacy? It's not me.
0: Yeah, we we you saw that. We sniffed that one out. Dang
1: it! Um, I was hoping that you guys would bring it up in the show and say, "Wow, a listener um, wants to know if we miss Stacy." Clearly, they miss her. Um, but also because the last two big stories that broke. I was not present for, which was the, the Seahawks signing KJ, KJ Wright, Wright. Yeah. And you had KJ Wright on, and then uh, Ziggy Anza breaking 20 minutes before your show. And.
0: Are you, uh, you feeling a little FOMO? I, I,
1: a little bit. Uh-huh. A little bit. I also would have liked to see Jake pacing. Oh,
0: yeah. Downing
1: like two energy drinks he, and just pacing he around. He had
0: two Mountain Dew energy drinks on him. He definitely is a pacer. He yeah, walks no, I know. from the studio into the control room. Sometimes he
1: claps his hands when he, he does. walks.
0: Yeah. Last night before This is what
1: active people that are healthy do though. Uh-huh. Like, they La- don't like sitting still for too long.
0: Last night before we got on the air, Jake a-, a couple of times as I'm like getting ready and you know typing things up and whatnot, I can just hear him just like saying to himself. Like, Let's
1: go. Let's go. You wonder, like maybe just like you see him do that, and then you think, oh, that's why professional athletes get to where they are, and why I'm where I am.
0: That competitive edge, because like I, I consider myself a competitive person when I'm playing any kind of like regular game, like at a picnic or something, or like a board game or whatever. My level of competitiveness doesn't come close. Yeah. Whereas Jake's competitiveness and Brock's and Wyman's, those are like
1: screaming, chest bumping.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it'll be like before the show starts, let's go. And I like it. It's funny, but it's just, it's the, we're never going to get to that level. No, I I need to be like, I I don't want to tell Jake how lazy we are because I don't want him to be appalled. Yeah. And I like him as our friend.
0: Yeah. Compare his pre show prep to like you and I. I don't
1: want his respect for us to get any lower. If he knows, (laughs) if he knows how late I eat food in the day, oh, yeah, yeah. He will be beside himself.
0: Like you and I, when we put a show together, it's just kind of like, you want to talk about this? Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll put cool. it, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna move this? from
1: sitting down in front of my desk to sitting down in the studio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we get psyched for the show. It's just like, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's let's do this. And we put it together. Whereas Jake is just he is all that
1: energy was obvious with mm-hmm. with Ziggy Anza absolutely specifically. And you know what? To be honest, I think a lot of folks here were really excited about that signing.
0: Yeah, I certainly was. I mean, you look at his stats. His metrics show that. When he is out on the field, he is the most productive pass rusher that was available this offseason, more so than DeMarcus Lawrence, than Frank Clark, than D. Ford, these big names, Trey Flowers as yeah. well. So, I mean, if you can get him healthy, I would expect that level of production to, to stick around. Uh, you look at the offseason the Seahawks have had so far. Which headline is the biggest? Because there's so many. You've got Russell Wilson getting his extension. Mm,
1: I think the Russell... Ooh, I don't know. Um,
0: you got Earl Thomas leaving. To
1: me, it's between Russell Wilson and then the news today with Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin.
0: Okay, so you got Russell Wilson's contract, Earl Thomas leaving, Frank Clark trade.
1: Oh, wow. And wow. then you've got
0: the release of Doug Baldwin. And then who knows if Bobby mm. Wagner gets his extension done as well. Uh, like these are massive stories that this Seahawks team has given us in, what is it, three months since the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah. You're right. I, it's so big. Some of them I've forgotten about, which is wild because I wrote stories about
0: them. Like you you stayed up late at night to write yes. stories about
1: those things. Uh, and they've just escaped my mind because then another big thing will happen. It has been, you know what it is, is, is last off season with all the coaching changes, it felt like this tumultuous, everything was happening off-season. Richard Sherman leaving, obviously, that was a huge story. And then heading into this off-season, you were like, well, I mean, I can only assume that your biggest story is whether or not you extend Russell Wilson or Bobby Wagner.
0: But no. then all of a
1: sudden, um, yeah, I I think that they, to me, have tried as much as they can to, to continue to move forward. So it's almost like a second phase from from last offseason. So, um, you know, they, they got rid of, of some staff that they didn't feel maybe was part of this plan they had moving forward, brought in a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, brought in some key pieces um, for both of those guys, and uh, obviously brought back Ken Norton Jr. as your defensive coordinator. To me, this offseason is, I mentioned it last segment, but just refining that and finding a way to, okay, well, we we know what kind of offense we like. We also know where we messed up. I mean, you can look at, unfortunately for them, their final game of the season against Dallas. Well, that's an area you messed up, and that's an area you might want to take a second look and say, I don't think we would do this the exact same way again like Mm -hmm. yes like it's it's the kind of offense you want to run but it didn't work so so what do you do to change it up um because every coach wants to win more than you love your own philosophy you want to win and so i think i think to me what these moves are is is continuing to to a try to get younger um and to to be stock up on as much talent as you possibly can to add to try to add a depth that you really have been lacking for several seasons.
0: And you look at how the Seahawks have set themselves up over the next couple of seasons. We're going to see that depth come back in a big way. 11 draft picks made this season. They've got 10 already in place for the 2020 draft. Mm -hmm. This year they made three picks in the first two rounds. Next year they're already slated to make three picks in the first two rounds. Six picks between a first and second round in back-to-back draft classes that is a tremendous influx of talent you're bringing into an organization where in years past they didn't really rely on those early rounds so much to fill out their roster. I think there was a point just a couple of seasons ago where Earl Thomas and Jermaine Fetti were the only two first-round picks on the roster. Now you've got L.J. Collier, you've got Rashad Penny in the in the fold. You're going to have probably a first-round pick next year, two two second-rounders this year in Marquise Blair and D.K. Metcalf. Next season, who knows who's going to be there mm-hmm. at the pick that you own, and also that the Chiefs gave you, uh, and who knows where that Chiefs pick is going to fall? It could fall. I, I don't expect the Chiefs to have as great of a season as they had this last year. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to win you probably ten years. But if that happens, it could
1: be a bit higher than you expected.
0: Yeah, or if they, yeah, I mean, if they do fall off, it could fall to that mid level or that mid round of the second round. So, I mean, the Seahawks are setting themselves up kind of the exact opposite in how they did it during their most competitive years where they paid everybody on the defense and had Russell Wilson on his rookie deal. Now Russell Wilson is the one who's getting paid and they're going cheap everywhere else.
1: Well, but when Carroll and Schneider first kind of got together, they did like a a turnover. I think that was still to this day the most transactions and roster moves they've made. So they still kind of... Kind of wiped the board. I think that, I think that, to me, this is what you have to do if you're a team as you inch higher with that quarterback salary, where suddenly you're putting aside 35 million a year, on average, for a quarterback, and you might be putting aside 17 or 18 million for a linebacker. Um, and who knows what you're going to put aside for Jaron Reed? That's Obviously, true. it's Guys not going to be defense. 18, but what if it's yeah. you know something closer to 12? I don't know, but. I think that what they're looking at instead is this is maybe how you have to to make up for that now. And if you don't hit on those picks, then then you end up being the team that everyone fears being, which is spending all your money on one or two players and, and just running out of luck everywhere else. Um, but if you do get a lot of picks, um, then you know i think to them you probably increase your odds of, of finding some surprise talent or unique talent so mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think maybe a little bit a little bit is a response to the russell wilson signing but i don't know that's just kind of to me that makes a lot of sense when you talk about trying to get young players cuz young players are usually cheap players
0: absolutely and it, we've seen it with the new england patriots organization which whether mm-hmm. i i mean comparing yourself to the patriots is a losing effort every single time. I know. But they have done it in this way for the last two decades in just stockpiling so many draft picks to fill out your roster with cost-effective players. And you can pay, you know... Yeah, Tom Brady takes under-market values every single time. But it's not like he's getting paid pennies on the dollar. No. He's making...
1: He's still the highest-paid person on his
0: team. Yeah, his cap number this year, I believe, is going to be $27 million, which... You know, every single year we've seen them kind of roll it back and roll it back. Well, this year they can't do that. They have to pay him whatever it is that he's going to make.
1: But I think that's ten more than Russell Wilson was going to make.
0: Exactly. Well, um,
1: no, I think Wilson was closer to twenty one. Maybe I don't
0: know. But the Patriots, year in and year out, have like ten draft picks and twelve draft picks, and it gives them an incredible freedom come the draft time, and it also gives them an incredible way to uh, an incredible way to restock these veterans that they, they let go every single year because you look at the number of superstar players they've let go during this run, it's pretty staggering compared to especially what the Seahawks have done where they haven't let go of star players. Yeah. Frank Clark's the first one that they've let go and gotten like the top market value for under Pete Carroll and John Schneider.
1: Yeah. No, and that was, I think, the first time that they made that decision. It only came after they they didn't end up making a move with two other players. And so it, it took some, I think, to them costly mistakes to make that move.
0: Coming up next, it's your turn to join the Seattle Sports at Night conversation with your questions. Ask us anything on the Coors Light text line 710-710. Stacey Rost and myself, we do our best to answer those questions next as we wrap it up here on this Thursday night right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines Studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Coors Light text line, it's always there for you. Always, always, always there for you. Just like we are here on Seattle Sports at Night. Curtis Rogers and Seahawks insider Stacy Rost here wrapping things up on this Thursday evening. Uh, Big news of the day, obviously, Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor getting their contracts terminated by the Seahawks organization. Uh, If you missed any part of the show tonight, make sure you're downloading the podcast, 710sports.com, or on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. That's where you can find the podcast. But uh, as we wrap up every single night here on Seattle Sports Night, we do it with a little segment called Ask Us Anything, and that's where you come in on the Coors Light text line with any question you've got for us here on Seattle Sports Tonight.
1: Um, bup, 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 bup. With Mother's Day coming up, mm. this one is actually one I was thinking about earlier today. Um, what's the best advice your mom ever gave you?
0: Uh, best advice? I'll go first. Okay, yeah. That's... Which is why
1: I was thinking of it. Um, my mom told me from from since I was a, a child, always, always, always have clean undergarments on, yes because if you get in a car accident and die you yeah. don't want to be embarrassed
0: <laughs> when they do the autopsy on you yeah like, she's like oh, imagine this, per- this person soiled themselves yeah
1: like, imagine <laughs> them doing an dead. autopsy and it was the day- and I think about it sometimes when I leave my house so on Saturday mornings um, i I go to the Starbucks drive through by my house it's just like how I start every Saturday uh-huh. morning and so so because it's, you get kind of lazy, sometimes I leave the house and I'm just in sweats. Maybe I'm wearing flip-flops and it's 40 degrees out and I don't know why. And then mm-hmm. I've thought before, what if I get into a car accident? Not only that, but what if the paramedic that gets my body is super hot, super single, <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. Just I mean, I'm look, dead, but looking, like I'm looking, looking a like slop. a mess. Yeah, like, you know, I'd rather have them be like, wow, she seemed really put together.
0: Meanwhile... <laughs> The, the paramedic that like comes to try to save your life yeah puts on his white gloves and like the hazmat suit instead it's
1: <laughs> he like Ugh. wow these look like they have not been laundered <laughs> um yeah that's that's real advice my mom's given me my entire life and i only as an adult was like you know what it's both funny and very true
0: it is it absolutely is true uh from the 360 what is the one store at the mall that people will be surprised to hear you've shopped at?
1: Um, well, I don't know if you guys will be surprised because you don't like know me or know my style because we do radio. But yeah. I promise you, anyone in the office would be shocked that I've shopped at Hot Topic. As a teenager, I just get yeah, the Jinko
0: jeans, the, the pants mm-hmm. with like all sorts of straps. No, and no, no, on no.
1: It. No, I had you have a goth
0: phase. Did, did you?
1: I had a little baby goth phase. I, I had a. I'm going to call it a rocker phase, ah. which is what people that are the worst. Was it like Adam Levine, lo- no. Levine rocker? No, was it, it like was. Like it was. I had a It was. I was the friend of someone who was going through like a goth phase, and I didn't want to fully oh, commit, yeah, yeah, yeah. so. I, and I was just kind of like a nerd and very like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with all of this. I guess I'll do a black t-shirt. But I had these shoes from Hot Topic that were black platform shoes with like tennis shoes with blue flames. And uh, yeah. Nice. What about you?
0: Uh, I've never bought anything from there, but I've definitely been inside Lush, which is like all the It's a those, wonderful
1: store. Yeah, you, which why, is all the
0: like organic. Uh, am
1: like, I being shocked that you the, buy soap? <laughs>
0: bath bombs and soap and lotions and all that. I've been inside of there.
1: Uh, uh,
0: Bed Bath & Beyond I've been in, but I can... I, like, no joke, I love Bed Bath & Beyond. Dude. Like, it's dope It's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Um, from the 253 Curtis, uh, Game of Thrones or Avengers?
0: Uh, Avengers. I don't have HBO, so I don't wow. get to watch Game of Thrones.
1: Um, I am going to say Game of Thrones, but... I'm not gonna lie, the new season's disappointing me. It's not I that's mean, I know I've they heard. put a lot of work into it. It's just it's it's just that this really needed the storyline they're doing probably needs three seasons. I'm not gonna spoil mm-hmm. anything, that's just my personal opinion. But okay. I've okay. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fans fan. Yeah. And uh, I just I haven't seen all of the events. How
0: is your Game of Thrones fantasy team doing? Not great. Who's doing the best out of the entire seven ten staff here? Howdy. Uh, didn't he win the bachelor bracket, Yes, too?
1: He cheats. We do office games, and he is always, always, always cheating. Mm. Mm. But Stacy from the 360, what if you lived through the car accident and the hot paramedic wanted to date you? Yeah, it was probably because I wasn't, like, gross. Exactly. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I'm just going all over the place getting in car accidents because it's the only way to meet people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're busy doing work all the time. I know. Just I just meet never get out these days. What
1: else am I gonna do? Where do these
0: kids meet people? I
1: don't understand. It's my version of Tinder.
0: <laughs> uh let's see here. From the two oh six, what's the best breakfast meat? Sausage, bacon, or ham? Bacon. Bacon. No question. Yeah, it's so versatile too.
1: I just love even like I got vegan bacon the other day.
0: I like turkey bacon. And it,
1: it wasn't good. Turkey bacon's good. The vegan bacon was so gross, but but that the taste of bacon is so good that yeah. you keep eating it. Because it's just a hint. It's a whisper of bacon.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, Curtis, what's the worst sound in the world?
0: Oh, man. you got to be quick. I hate it when, before people talk, they go... Oh,
1: no! Uh, I
0: hate Uh-oh. that.
1: That's worst. Uh, I'm going to start doing that and then more on, often. Like
0: on radio, like it gets on amplified. On radio, you can hear
1: all sounds. Yeah. So you can hear, like sometimes I hear myself when I'm thirsty. Um, My <laughs> favorite sound, I tried very intentionally to do that and it was hard. Or my least favorite sound, oh, the sound of people scraping their teeth on forks.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It hurts yeah. my
1: teeth to hear it. I can't stand it. Ugh. Do I have time for another question? Yeah,
0: let's let's keep it going here.
1: Um, which athlete has the biggest Imagine what could have been story. Man, and it can be someone. So I'll lead you down this road, and you can take either of these. My original thought was Bo Jackson. Yeah, but then I thought, is it Len Bias?
0: Yeah, because he passed away before he even played. Yeah, in the so NBA. I thought that, that would
1: be someone that I don't actually. He was the number actually... two
0: overall pick.
1: Yeah, and I don't actually know a lot about him, but it's just an example of like a young, really promising yeah. talent.
0: He's up there. Hank gathers, uh, also former loyal and Marymount player who probably would have been the number one pick in his draft class. He passed away in the middle of a game during his college career. Uh, he had a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty big what if story. Yeah. Um, he's up there as well. Uh, two, five, three Texan Sean Taylor. Yeah. That's a, that's another great. What if these ones dealing with very dark stuff? What about somebody that like had just like injury concerns throughout their career?
1: Um, I mean, this isn't the best example, but yeah, I think locally, if we're talking local guys, Jake Locker in Tennessee, just never was able to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know that it was like the best fit for him anyways, but he was certainly kind of snake bitten. Yeah. Um, should I end on a more positive one? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, what really needs to go away, but still exists because it's tradition. What
0: really needs to go away, but still exists because it's I'm going to say fruitcake.
1: Why are we wasting food making fruitcakes? Yeah. It's disgusting.
0: Uh, not a fan of like gingerbread houses. Okay, well, don't get insane. Okay, oh, you
1: uh, mean because we don't eat them? Yeah. But they're fun to build. It's arts and no, crafts. Not. What do you they're build with a fruitcake? What do you do with a fruitcake except give it to someone you don't like?
0: And they throw it away? Yes. Yeah. Fruitcake could be done away with. Um, giving a
1: fruitcake to someone is like giving a compliment that doesn't have a positive word. Like, oh, you got a sweater. <laughs> <And> it's <laughs> like. <laughs> What does it Thanks. mean? I don't know if you're insulting me.
0: That's going to do it for us here <laughs> on Seattle Sports Tonight. We will be back with you next week because we got Fridays off around that here. That's right. So shout out to you. Download the podcast, 710sports.com. For Stacey Rost. I'm Curtis Rogers. This is Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle.